Has it occurred to you that the systems we live by are not designed to get results? We pay for procedures instead of outcomes, focusing on emergencies rather than preventing disease and living a healthy lifestyle. For over 25 years, I've taken care of Olympians, Paralympians, A-list actors, and Fortune 1000 companies. If I did not get results, they did not get results. I realized that while powerful people who control the system want to keep the status quo, if I were to educate the masses, you would demand change. So I'm taking the gloves off and going after the systems as they are. Join me on my mission to create a new tomorrow as I chat with industry experts, elite athletes, thought leaders, and government officials about how we activate our vision for a better world. We may agree and we may disagree, but I'm not backing down. I'm Ari Gronich, and this is Create a New Tomorrow Podcast. Hi, my name hey. is I am here with Brianna Bragg and the vacation of the mind. We're going to be taking you on a journey when you have nowhere to go and nothing to do. What do you do? You take a vacation of the mind and Brianna is an expert in that field. I'm going to let her give you some of her words of wisdom and mental journeys to uh, increase your immunity actually during the COVID response unit. So we're in this quarantine, everybody is shut down and that means that your immune system is getting shut down too. And when you can do anything to help your stress levels, relax your mind, relax your body, it's gonna boost your immune system. So Brianna, why don't you talk a little bit about who you are and why you're talking to people? Awesome. Thank you so much, Ari. It's great to be here and glad we got the uh, the technology to finally cooperate a little bit today. <laughs> so I'm Brianna Bragg, the founder of Vacation of the Mind. We are a mindfulness company with a passion of, for oneness, for, for wellness. Oh my goodness. Let me start that over. I'm Brianna Bragg, the founder of Vacation of the Mind. And we're passionate about oneness through wellness. Uh, we offer workplace wellness programs, certifications and trainings, as well as large mass events. And um, it's just a pleasure to be operating during this time. You know, uh, a lot of people's senses are heightened. Um, you know, our, our thoughts create these feedback loops that then create behavioral patterns. And uh, when this when this all started, we, we all got kind of thrown into a survival mode. And survival mode, you know, is very interesting for the body because it pumps these hormones, cortisol and adrenaline throughout the body on a consistent basis, telling that telling the body that it needs to survive and it needs to do certain things to survive. And while that's great and wonderful in short-term doses, uh, over a long span, it can cause serious health issues. It can decrease immunity like what you were talking about. And mindfulness and meditation is such a great tool uh, to help combat some of that stress, relaxing the central nervous system, boosting immunity, reducing stress and anxiety, as well as improving focus and productivity. You know, everybody's working from home. We're all being faced with some additional challenges right now uh, with the kids screaming in the background, not wanting to do their schoolwork or, you know, just us feeling confined in one place. And so meditation and mindfulness is a great tool to help get ourselves out of that negative uh, thought patterns into a, a more positive place. Awesome. Thank you. So what got you started in, in this field from where you started out originally? 
Yeah, you know, necessity, right? I've always been an overachiever mentality with that go, go, go mindset uh, that, you know, I thought to be successful or to have the kind of life that you want to live, you always have to be in go mode, constantly responding, constantly on uh, living that hustle and bustle life. And that led me down a path of being very sick and ill at a very young age. And, um, you know, I, I was able to utilize meditation and mindfulness to really change my life. And now it's my passion to help others do the same. I think, I know when I started out, Ari, it was, you know, a lot of YouTube videos and researching on the internet. And while that's great and wonderful, uh, it can be confusing at first, you know, am I doing this right? I can't get my mind to calm. How the hell do I get my mind to calm if it's not trained? And so, uh, you know, I learned uh, some steps that helped me simplify the process. Uh, helped me reduce some of the, the guilt and shame over am I doing this right and um, then I formulated my own process that the more I practiced with other people or on other people you know it, it, it worked every single time and so now it's my passion to help other people uh, we have certifications and trainings where we teach the process to people who want to be an instructor i i think that you know that's going to help us reach the masses um and you know we do our own uh one-on-ones and group trainings as well just to help people learn simple steps that they can use it doesn't have to be you don't have to go climb the entire mountain <laughs> so you mentioned um corporate wellness and corporate programs what benefit would it have for, say, an HR department to have somebody on staff that's trained in your system for their employees' benefit and wellness? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, first of all, I, I just want to back up and say that 80% of employees feel stressed. And there's $300 billion a year. That's, that's, B with, that's billion with a B. Uh, just in the U.S. alone, that's spent on health-related costs that are associated to stress. Now, that was before COVID-19. Uh, I don't even know if I want to know what that, that number is going to look like once we come out of this, right? And, you know, stress causes a lot of, um, of health issues. It can cause insomnia. It can cause high blood pressure. Uh, it can cause fatigue, burnout, um, and the list kind of goes on, you know, headaches, upset stomachs. I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, illnesses in, in, that are associated with stress. And so having someone on the team to be, who is trained in mindfulness and meditation is a huge benefit to employers because employers are really focused on what productivity, right? They want as much out of us as we can possibly get in, you know, the time that we have to work. Well, what happens when a body is stressed out is we're, we're just kind of shutting down. We're less focused. Uh, I know for myself, I've had to even during this time, kick up my own meditation because there are days where I'm just like, I sit down at my computer and I'm like, I don't even know where to start or what to do, you know? And, and I've really got to dive into being a little more focused. We're less creative. Um, we're less able to make decisions and handle problems as they come up and finding solutions for those problems. And so when you think about this from a productivity scale, employers are losing, uh, you know, thousands of hours of productivity because they're just, they're pushing, pushing, pushing instead of giving their employees time to reset, time to pause, time to calm some of those stress responses. And so having someone on the team who's trained in a process that works to help their employees 
employees reduce stress and anxiety ultimately leads to more productivity, creativity, and focus on the job. Absolutely. So um, I have a, a bit of a background in corporate wellness and corporate culture. And it amazes me whenever I talk or consult with a company that they're only looking at what they consider to be hard costs. When the largest cost to a company is what's called presenteeism. And presenteeism, for those who don't know that term, it's not like absenteeism, which is when somebody is away from the office completely. Presenteeism is when somebody is in front of their computer, in front of their job, at the job, and they're doing nothing. They're present, but they're not present. Yeah. And that is a hundred percent caused by outside distractions of stress, whether it's uh, relationship issues, health issues, financial issues, those kinds of things. And so they, they, they average it. So an, an average worker in a three or an eight hour day is only productive for two to three of those hours. The rest of the time, they might as well be on the computer playing free cell. Yeah, that's insane, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's how, how productive they are. Yeah. So if by using mindfulness, you cut that stress response down, you allow more focus and creativity, that productivity goes up. I mean, how much of a hard cost, we'll say, versus soft cost, how much of a hard cost would, say, getting five hours, four to five hours of productivity out of an eight-hour day versus two to three? How much would that earn that company? So when, when we look at those kinds of numbers, it really makes sense to use mindfulness and meditation and so forth in, in a corporate wellness program. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's an investment into the company and an investment into your team, you know, and, and one thing I will say about some of the up and coming generation is they are requiring companies to uh, provide additional tools and resources for health and wellness, because that's one of the things that's important to them. And I think, you know, not just looking at your team is what can it, what can it produce, but I love that you brought in that it's a culture. It's a culture shift in terms of supporting your employees and really caring about them as human beings and what they're going through and, and how they're dealing with certain situations. And especially during this time, it's, it's more important than ever to make sure that the emotional and mental well-being of your employees is healthy. Otherwise, you know, that, those, those three hours are coming down to even less right now with, with our situation that we're facing. Right. And with employee loyalty as well, taking care of your employees equals more loyal employees. They leave less because they feel taken care of. So even if you're maybe not paying them as much as the next job, but you have more of those kinds of benefits, that loyalty is going to create less turnover and less issues with having to retrain and find another employee and then get them onboarded and et cetera. So, it really, really affects the bottom line of companies. How about for just individuals, family members of companies, right? Individuals <laughs> who are in the home. So I, I used to say as a massage therapist, right? I used to say, if the police officer who pulled me over gave me a massage instead of a ticket, I might go home a little more happy. 
<laughs> I love that analogy. <laughs> and, and I might, you know, be nicer to my family and so on. So what is the, the benefit that reaches over to the rest of the population when the employees are not coming home with having had a bad day that's, you know, cost them their emotional state and their adrenal yeah. state. So what's the, the turnover around that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, they have more patience with their family, more patience at home with their kids, with their spouse, um, you know, being able to handle uh, situations that come up at home with a little more ease and a little more flow. You know, when you come, when you come home and you're in that stressed out state, you're snippety, you know, you're short. Um, I know a lot of that is happening right now. I've even had to check myself a couple of times with my partner of like, you know, okay, maybe I didn't need to respond that way. Right. And so when, when we're at a heightened level of stress, uh, we do bring that home and, you know, you don't have the, the time that you want to dedicate sometimes to your family because you just don't have the emotional bandwidth to. And so when you're able to bring some of that down and operate from a more relaxed state, that absolutely is going to carry over into the home in terms of time you're able to give emotion, uh, the emotion that you're able to give your spouse or your children and the patience that you're able to have to handle some of the little things that really aren't so big if you're not stressed out 24 <laughs> seven. So let's talk about that responding versus reacting and what mindfulness does when you become more and more and more aware of what state you're in and are able to then respond versus react, which is an issue we all tend to have at some point or another, we react to the threat versus responding to the issue, right? Yeah, you know, I love to use the analogy here on uh, you're on a highway and someone cuts you off on the highway, you know, most of us react, right? We're flipping them the finger, we're cursing, yelling at them, you blah, blah, blah. I used to have road rage, I, I'm, I admit, you know, I used to be one of the worst road rage people probably you could meet on the planet. Um, and I drove a fast car because of it, because I wanted to get the heck out of people's way, you know? But what mindfulness does is it allows you to kind of calm those reactions down and really look at things from a different perspective. And so mindfulness is really uh, the practice of becoming aware of your present moment, your reactions, what emotional state you're in, what thoughts are going through your head. So most of the time what happens in that scenario and in most scenarios in our life, you know, is we're thinking this jerk just cut me off because of blah, blah, blah. Well, what mindfulness teaches you to do is instead of looking at it that way, looking at it from a different perspective. Maybe he or she is on the way to the hospital because a spouse is injured or a parent is, you know, ha just had a heart attack or something, or, you know, maybe they just got a call that they needed to respond to something happening at their house, right? So what mindfulness does is really helps you to switch and change your perspective on a situation. When you look at that situation of maybe their parent is just had a heart attack, right? You're not so reactive to the situation of them cutting you off. In fact, you'll probably hit the brake and slow down a little bit to let them over and let them go. So, you know, the, the practice of just being aware of your thoughts um, can, and, and your reactions and your emotions can really help you uh, move through life with more ease and being in a, in a state of 
response instead of reaction. And then, you know, meditation is the process of retraining the brain to think, process, and react differently. And so things like utilizing your breath work, things like calming mind chatter or, you know, coming to stillness in the mind, even if it's just for a few seconds, those kinds of techniques and practices start helping train the brain to think and process differently. And so you could think of it like this is a, a you know, we have all these neurons inside of our head. And I like to think of neurons as the uh, little highways that we're driving on, that messages or reactions or responses are driving on in the brain. Um, when you start practicing meditation, you know, maybe your little car in the brain is used to uh, driving the major highways. But what meditation can do is it might show you a, short, a shortcut home or it might show you that back road that you've never recognized before. And so the, just the practice of calming your mind, of finding your breath, of refocusing some of the thoughts that you have in your mind shifts you out of that state of what you're, what's normal to you, the highways that you've known and helps you find different solutions. So on that, on that kind of a note, here's, here's my question. I'm going to give you a scenario and I'd like it if you, if you're willing to share a tool, right? So sure. let's say you're a 20 something year old and your, um, your new spouse does something that reminds you of somebody when you were a child that you reacted to that situation. And now you're reacting the same way to your new spouse, right? So give us a tool on how you might, redirect your thoughts and remember, okay, this is not the person that injured me, you know, or influenced me in that way 20 years ago. This is somebody new. So give me kind of like a tool that you would use. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love these kind of scenarios because quite honestly, I've dealt with them in my own life and, and had to use my own tools, which is why I know they're effective. Uh, you know, so the first, the first thing to do utilizing a mindfulness technique is just to become aware of the reaction itself. Uh, you know, take, take a moment to just pause. Um, in my relationship, we call it freeze frame. And so it's like when we feel that we've been triggered by cer a certain something, it's like, okay, let's freeze this frame for a moment and just take notice what's happening in your mind. What kind of thoughts are you having right now? Uh, what's happening in your body? You know, I, I found it uh, very interesting through my studies that when we're in a heightened state, our heart rate is elevated. And when our heart rate is elevated above 90 beats per minute, we, we can't think logically. We actually cannot think logically. And so the technique that, that is the first go-to is taking that moment to pause, recognizing and becoming aware of what's going on, and then finding your breath. Using your breath to get yourself out of that heightened state, uh, inhaling for a count of four and exhaling for a count of four is a very effective tool for just calming the moment, calming the response, calming the central nervous system so that you can get back into logical decision making and, and figure out, you know, maybe why you're being triggered that way, or even at least just have a, a normal conversation with your partner versus reacting and who knows what your behavioral pattern is at that point, yelling, screaming throwing things, whatever it might be. <laughs> the breath is an amazing tool. You know, it's free to all of us. Um, 
using that kind of a technique, inhaling and exhaling for a, a count of four, about 10 times will get you out of that reactive mode and into a place where you can think more calmly and, and respond. Awesome. So I'm just going to add to that. Um, breathing in your nose and out your nose calms your nervous system. Breathing in and out your mouth heightens you, yes. <laughs> your adrenal glands and heightens that cortisol response. So one of the techniques that I always uh, learned and use is make sure I'm breathing from my nose. And then the second part of that is from Chinese medicine. You have the central meridian that connects here, goes all the way around to your tailbone, and then the central and governing meridians. And so they say, if you put your tongue at the top of your teeth right here, you're going to activate those energy channels to be in the correct direction, to flow in the correct direction. So you create much more flow in your body. And I've always found that that helps me to relax faster. And, you know, I, I've had obviously my share of reactions and reactivity versus, <laughs> versus um, responding. And it's one of the things that even though I'm really well trained in tools and techniques, I'm not really very well trained in self-actualizing those tools and techniques. And so my next question to you is, how does one get more self-actualized? How do, how do we remember to use the tools that we may be given in the moment of intensity? Sure. That's the hardest part, right? And by the way, I just want to say thank you for the inhale and exhale through the nose. I usually say that and I, I forgot because it does make a difference. It's 100%, you know, that speaks directly to your nervous system. So thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate you elaborating on that. Um, you know, that's the practice of mindfulness, you know, that becoming aware. We all have old thought patterns. We all have old behavioral patterns. Um, and it's the hardest to actualize change because those are kind of on autopilot, you know, where they're responding from a subconscious state, you know, this triggers you and boom, before you know it, you're in an explosive fight with your partner because you got triggered by X instead of taking that time to freeze frame. And so it's really the practice of the, the awareness. And I talk to myself, I have conversations with myself quite a bit of, you know, okay, all right. Was it really that, you know, I, I understand that you're triggered. Let's take a moment here and just do some deep breathing. So um, you're not, you know, you got to drop the guilt and shame. You're not going to be perfect. The few times that it happens, you're probably still going to respond in old behavioral patterns, but it's the practice of using uh, these kinds of practices when you find awareness, when you find yourself in those moments, because what ha what's happening in the brain is every time you tell a negative thought pattern to stop, you're actually creating a new highway in the brain. So, you know, you got to give yourself some patience. You got to have, you know, a little bit of uh, uh, remorse for yourself in the beginning of trying, right? But the more you do and the, the, the more you practice these techniques, the better you become in that moment. And what's going to happen eventually is your brain is going to stop going to that net old thought pattern and come into the new one because you've retrained it to do so. So do you have, uh, with, with your practitioners, do you create practice groups? 
practice groups, uh, well, in order for them to become certified, they, they have to have a certain number of hours and, and group training that they have to do, absolutely, because it's the repetition is what's key with mindfulness and meditation. You know, it's very similar to going to the gym, right? Like, just because you go to the gym the first time, you pick up that weight and you work out your bicep, you're not leaving the gym, like, super toned and you can lift 400 pounds or whatever you whatever people want to do, right? You, you have to have that repetition in order to build the muscle, in order to build the tone. It's the consistency of practicing uh, that, that makes the difference. That's awesome. Um, you know, for, for corporations, that would be great to have practice groups with, within the company, within teams in the company, to have that, you know, that period of time where they get together in a circle, so to speak, yeah. and listen to each other's issues and then practice their responses and, and that mindfulness. Uh, I think that it helps with productivity, helps with employee morale and, and so on. But that would also probably be a good idea to do inside of a home. Absolutely. Yeah, we have, I know in my own personal home, we have implemented certain strategies and, uh, you know, certain techniques that, that we go to first um, as a way to practice and become better. You know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all are, are triggered by different things and those old patterns are going to come up. But it's, uh, it's really when you can start putting those things in place in your home, you know, have an agreement with your spouse or with your children uh, to take that pause, to freeze frame or to take a few deep breaths before you respond. Um, and then having that own, that agreement with yourself as well. It's important. Yes. Um, for me, I, I've been homeschooling a lot. My, oh goodness. <laughs> my son is six and, um, and you know, I, I, I grew up in a reactive environment and so I, and a very perfectionist environment. And so um, getting frustrated easily is one of, one of my current traits. And, uh, <laughs> and so what I've asked my, my six-year-old to do is if I start getting frustrated with him, then he's going to just say, I think you need to breathe now, daddy. <laughs> and I like it, the buddy system. <laughs> it, it really is because it's like, oh, you know, you're probably right. I, I probably need to calm myself. That wasn't the reaction that I, or, you know, response I wanted to give. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, for me, it's a lot of retraining um, how I was treated, you know, by teachers, by whoever. It was like, Okay, I was treated like if you don't get this right, you're you're a bad person. You're bad. You're not smart. You're you know like all these different kinds of things, and so I'm retraining in me so that I don't cause him the same kind of damage. <laughs> yeah, sure. And you know, it's really that's why I said the the agreement, right? Because sometimes when we're so emotionally charged, we can't even see that we're in that phase that that we've you know we've stepped across the line and entered into that okay now i'm reacting from a place where i really don't want want to be reacting and so having that agreement with another person to kind of help call it out as long as it doesn't lead into another area of a fight right <laughs> um so important yeah i love that you're doing that with your son that's great yeah you know I, 
I think that it's a great technique for any of the parents who are now, you know, homeschooling, forced to, to homeschool. It's a skill set that people go to school for, right? It's a skill set that people take four years and get a degree in education to be able to, to teach their, their kids or teach our kids. And, you know, we're not trained. We're not qualified. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're having to do that. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really an interesting part of the COVID challenge. You know, I'm calling all these things the COVID challenge ra rather than the inner pandemic, because, you know, it, it's all, what's the challenge? What's the solution? What's the challenge? What's the solution? How do we find a solution to this? How do I find a solution to this? And so when you've got nowhere to go and nothing to do, you know, take a vacation of the mind. So what kind of journeys do you like to take people on? Yeah, nature, 100% nature. And, and I just want to backtrack for a moment, you know, as parents, it's so important that we teach our children these practices from an early age, kind of like what you were saying, so we don't pass down those, those traits that we learned uh, that are, are not so great. So, you know, taking a mindfulness moment with your kids or teaching them to breathe when they get irritated is another great tool that you guys can both practice together. Uh, but we love journeys through nature. Uh, I've always been a, a big proponent of being in nature. It's very healing. Um, you know, there's a lot of research being done about this right now. Even just listening to naturistic sounds uh, for a couple of hours a day can reduce uh, stress levels by 200%, which is insane. It's, it's such an insane number when you think about it. Um, and so we love to walk through forests or rainforests, go to the beach, uh, you know, to to a mountaintop, sitting at a waterfall, uh, by a lake, a, a peaceful lake at sunset or sunrise. And so all of our journeys are designed, uh, we like to call them recreation scenes. And so most of them are designed from real life experiences that someone has taken in their life. And I, I teach in my program how to recreate that scene for someone and walk them into stillness from there, because it's my personal belief that, you know, it's very hard to sit in stillness unless you're trained. Uh, and being able to distract the mind first really helps, especially people who are beginning their experience with meditation, really helps them uh, with the ability to sit in stillness for longer periods of time. Yeah, you know, um, you as a, as a hypnotist, we've always used outside sources of things like we'll use a candlelight, right? So that we'll have the candle flickering and, and the goal is to focus on the candle or a spot in the room or the, you know, a, uh, what is it? The tempo thing that's going tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, right? So we use these outside sources to get into the inside sources. But as a meditation, you know, it's more the, the internal dialogue and the visualization inside of yourself. And so, it's, it's very interesting the differences and similarities between, say, hypnosis and, um, and meditation. Uh, yes, it is. Tricks that you could give somebody if, if they think, I can't get out of my mind. My mind just won't stop. 
Absolutely. One of my favorite techniques for those that have a mind that they can't calm or quiet is to become the observer of your thoughts. You know, it's a very uh, simple technique where you are more witnessing your thoughts. So you uh, kind of take a step back and you can either see yourself standing or sitting and just watching your thoughts float by as if uh, they're on a movie reel, as if you're kind of watching a movie, detaching your emotions from them, detaching the judgments that you might have from them, and really just watching them, being the observer. Uh, you know, with practice, obviously, this is going to get a little bit better because we tend to chase our thoughts, which is usually what ends us up in the dark rabbit hole, as I like to refer to it as, <laughs> um, versus when you can observe your thoughts, you're not telling your mind to completely shut off. Uh, if you have that issue, you're not, you know, trying to push them all out and get your mind to completely become still and quiet. You're still allowing the thoughts to be there. Uh, you're just shifting the view and the perspective of them. Okay. So let's say we're um, in the COVID line at the grocery store where we've got to wait, you know, for 20 people to leave before the 20 people in front of us can go in. Yes. <laughs> right. So I've seen, I've seen people doing this where they're, you know, they're frustrated, they're getting angry. They're, you know, we should be able to get in. Uh, why aren't they, you know, why aren't people leaving? Right. So there's that. And then there's, the people who are just sitting there calm as can be, ha, 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 right? Yes. <laughs> what, what kinds of things can people do during this particular time in our history um, when we are isolated, we're told to quarantine and stay home. When we go out, at least there's not the road rage as much because nobody's on the road anymore. <laughs> But, this is true. <laughs> but you no, know, there's there's the line rage, or somebody just you know went went into the into my six feet of space, right? How do I develop when I'm inside of that fear? Also, being able to be in the mindfulness of I'm in fear, but I am not fear, right? So. Right. Yeah, you know, there's there's a couple of different things here. Um, you know, first of all, just again, finding your breath, using your breath, right? Inhaling through the nose, exhaling through the nose. Uh, you can count your breath. You can, there's, there's all different kinds of techniques that you can utilize um, to make focusing on your breath not so boring as it can be. Uh, I know I've had to use that a couple times myself, not so much from the rage of being in line, but more from just the emotional overwhelm that I was experiencing when I'm standing there in a grocery store and, you know, we're all in masks and there's elderly people out shopping and I just, I'm like, please go home, you know, we'll bring you your groceries, right? Like, and the shelves are empty and there's all of these emotions that, that I've found myself feeling when I'm out grocery shopping. And so I've, I've had to find my own breath a few times, you know, inhaling deeply into my lungs and exhaling and just getting myself recalibrated. Uh, you know, the other thing is perspective. Um, I, there's a video I have on YouTube where it's, it's titled the blimp perspective. And I talk about, you know, how you can shift your perspective in certain moments to look at, I use a football game specifically of how, you know, you have the, the players on the field, you have the coaches on the sideline, you have the fans in the stands, you have the coaches in the box, and then you have the blimp at the top. And, you know, sometimes we get so in the game, right. As the players on the field that we forget 
that there's a whole community around us that's feeling certain things too. And uh, they're going through their own emotional roller coasters with all of this. And so being able to change and shift your perspective instead, again, instead of, you know, that person on the road who cut you off being a jerk, um, maybe that person that got too close to you in line wasn't paying attention and a simple like, hey, do you mind to step back a couple steps is sufficient versus, you know, losing your cool and uh, yelling or screaming or being all emotional and causing a scene. Um, having some patience with yourself and with others. I mean, the bottom line is we are all in this together and I know everybody wants to get back to work and I know everybody wants things to be back to normal, but we have to respect the process of this virus and, you know, have, have just shift your perspective just a little bit. I mean, maybe you find a game to play on your phone or maybe you have a conversation with a friend while you're standing in line or, you know, there's so many other things that you can do uh, to kind of shift out of that reactive phase of I'm mad because I have to stand in line and they're pacing me to I can have some patience during this time to make sure that I'm safe and others are safe. So I'm going to take it to, to, the, to the last kind of nth degree on what's been going on quite a bit. So we've had an increase in domestic violence. We've had an increase in child abuse. And we've had an increase in suicides. And I believe all of which can be reduced through mindfulness and meditation. Agreed. So um, I just want you to kind of address those things on what's going on when, when you're inside. It's kind of like you're in a prison, right? And what happens in a prison typically is a lot more violence and a lot more damage than what's happening on the outside world. And that's just because you're in a confined space. So you know, can you help address for those people who may be either going through that kind of thing or, um, or feeling the way that those people might feel, you know, how, how can we help reduce what's going on in that respect? Well, that's a, that's a lot. That's a loaded question given all three of those scenarios, you know, because um, I personally believe if everyone would just learn to breathe the right way, a lot of that would be uh, reduced, right? You know, instead of getting mad and angry and taking it out on your spouse uh, or your child, um, you know, learning to take that pause, learning to take a moment to time out before you respond or react to a certain situation uh, could reduce reduce these things. Um, having a different perspective on the situation could certainly re reduce uh, some of these things. And so, I wish that we were all trained from a very early age in mindfulness and meditation because it's really the art of becoming self-aware of how you're reacting and how you're responding that minimizes uh, that, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these people are just reacting. They're, they're just in old behavioral and thought patterns that are causing them to react. And then a lot of them, you know, put alcohol and things on top of it that cause even more of an explosive reaction. Um, first and foremost, you know, learning to, if you are the person who's the victim in one of those situations, you know, 
Um, learning to try and calm your own internal reactions is, is important as well. Trying to get out of that situation, uh, you know, can't really go anywhere right now, but going into another room, um, you know, and getting calming, self-soothing your own self can sometimes help to de-escalate that situation. Um, from a, a suicide standpoint, you know, really in the perspective, in perspective, the, the thing that I've, I struggled with my own um, uh, depression at one time. And what I found fascinating when I started really studying the brain of what happens in depression is that, again, going back to those neural pathways, um, when we are depressed, neural, new highways are created in the brain, right, to think and process things in a negative way. And the reason that depression is so hard to fight is because once your brain has that new highway, so to say that it's going down, um, that's its go-to. That's the highway that now becomes traveled most often. And so when it's a depressive mind, state of mind, uh, you know, one negative thought is going to lead to another negative thought. And then you're just going down that highway and down that dark path the dark rabbit hole as I refer to it. And so um, you really have to practice even more stopping the car from going down that highway to begin with. And that takes a lot of practice. And that takes, you know, it was for me, it was almost eight months coming out of my depression where I was practicing mindfulness for 45 minutes, meditation for 45 minutes to an hour and a half a day of just consistently uh, re repeating that. One method that I've found to be very effective, especially in this time uh, for people who are facing extreme amounts of anxiety and depression is, um, when you know we we may not always know when the the negative thought patterns are going to start but we usually can find ourselves there uh somewhere in the middle of all of it and just saying stop three times out loud is one tool that can literally put a stop to your thoughts um, another tool that i found is writing them down journaling them sometimes it's it, it's really important to get those thoughts out and then once they're out and maybe you go back and read them maybe you burn them throw them away whatever you choose to do or you save them for a later date but just having those thoughts out of your mind helps to provide some reprieve uh, for you and again you know using utilizing your breath to help calm that central nervous system in the state of fight or flight uh, that we tend to get into when we're we're in those uh, different modes of reaction. Thank you. Anything else that you would like to, you know, to talk about and address before we, we end the call? Normally I would take <laughs> questions right about now, but, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> you know, we'll, we'll go back to, uh, after I put this on, um, on the on Facebook, we can go back and answer any questions that anybody might have in the comment section. Yeah, uh, and and do it that way. But uh, be happy to answer them then. Like somebody just had a really good question for you. <laughs> well, one thing I just want to leave with is you know that we we are the only. It's it's so important for us to remember that we're the only species on this planet that has the ability to control our thoughts. 
that truly has the ability to control where we allow ourselves to go or not go with, within our mind. And I know it's difficult for everyone right now, and I'm certainly not up here with a message of don't feel through your emotions and don't allow, you know, when the feelings of overwhelm or uh, isolation or anxiety come, you know, just push them down and don't deal with them. That's not what this message is about. What this message is, is you don't have to become them. You don't have to stay in them. You know, it's, it's okay to recognize your feelings. I had to do this earlier today. I woke up in one of those moods and, you know, I went for a walk. Um, change your state move your body, you know, whether you do something with exercise, you get out and take a walk in nature, you dance around your living room to your favorite song, shifting your state uh, can help you get out of those patterns. Um, you know, knowing that you have the ability within you to control your mind, to manage your thoughts instead of allowing them to manage you is an important factor here in being able to utilize some of the tools we've discussed. And there's so many more, uh, but just being able to utilize some of the tools that we've discussed to help you manage where you are right now. And, you know, we have a blog where we're sharing different ways. In fact, in, in one of our last articles I shared, you know, if you were let go from uh, your job, or if you have kids at home, how are some of the ways that you can actually shift your thinking for the time being uh, to get yourself out of that negative state and into a more positive frame of mind? And so just knowing that you can shift and change your mind is really important. Um, utilizing the tools that are available to you. And I know we're physically distancing, but having that social interaction with people, whether it's through Zoom, whether it's through Facebook Lives, whether it's through FaceTime, there's all these third-party apps that have come up that people are using. Um, you know, connect with people. Just sending a simple text message and getting involved in a conversation can get you out of those feelings of isolation, for example. And so try to, you know, if you think about somebody, reach out and ask how they're doing. And uh, caring for other people will help to shift your own state. Awesome. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, we're all over the place as vacation of the mind. <laughs> so we're, we have a Facebook group as well as a page um, in our Facebook group. We are offering mindfulness discussions on different topics every week, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, as well as a 10 minute meditation. Uh, we're also on YouTube. We have a ton of discussions on YouTube as well as pre-recorded meditations that you can go and listen to anytime you want. Uh, some of them are around some of the challenges we're currently facing. Others are for stress reduction, uh, visualization for product productive days at work. Um, we're on Insight Timer and SoundCloud and uh, Instagram. You name it, you can find us. And then, you know, if you want to contact me directly, you can just go to our website, fill out a contact form, or use info at vacationofthemind.com. Awesome. I was thinking about this while you were while you were talking earlier. And um, I think for some of the people who are out of work right now, and not really sure what prospect they'll have at going being able to go back to the same job that they've had. Um, one of the, the things that they might think about is becoming a vacation of the mind practitioner and taking that into their corporations and their places of business and their families. So um, maybe we'll figure out getting a link for them when, uh, when we air it 
And so that somebody can, if they're interested in exploring a possibility of a new career, they can uh, become vacation of the mind practitioners. Yeah, thank you so much for saying that, Ari. I appreciate that. We are offering our course at 50% off right now to help uh, given you know the landscape of everything, the, the COVID challenge. I really like that. I'm going to adopt that into my language. <laughs> um, we're offering 50% off. I'll certainly provide a link. And uh, it's a self-paced online course. So we've had a few teachers uh, take the course. We've had some people in the health and wellness space take the course. Um, and we're in talks with a couple of organizations to launch it through their organization as a way for people to earn an additional certification or switch careers right now or um, just earn CEC credits for those people who might need uh, additional credits for the year. Now's a great time. We have the extra time on our hands. So thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think even for nurses and doctors that are going through this, that it, it would be a great um, opportunity for them. There, A lot of uh, nurses and doctors are being furloughed right now. So being yeah. able to use this with your patients, you know, it lowers the, you know, the uh, stress response, cortisol levels, and raises the immune system so might be a good you know a good place for for people to be able to do that is inside the hospitals and uh and like i said i, I i'm an outside of the box thinker and i think very strangely about different things but you know i i, I also like to put pieces together and i think that what you're doing can be so valuable for the community at large for teachers, like you mentioned, teachers who are taking them, when they come back, they're going to have this skill set that they'll be able to translate to their to their students. Yeah, uh, especially kindergarten and uh, you know kindergarten on up, preschool teachers, nannies, daycare workers. You know, this is something that police officers. This is something that they can use in order to not only calm themselves, but help calm situations and problem solve and so on. So absolutely, uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get a link out at the bottom of, uh, of the video when we're done with uh, the technological, uh, <laughs> technological devices. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, thank you so much. And if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can reach me at Ari Gronich. Uh, at basicallyanything.com. So Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter. I'm, I'm Ari Gronich on all of those. Or um, you can go to Amazon and check out my new book, A New Tomorrow, Activating Your Vision for a Better World, which is all about creating the world that we want to live in. Um, I, my, one of my favorite sayings is, we made all this up we can make it up different. It doesn't have to be the way that we made it up. I love that. And always it's like, you know, like Legos, we could tear them apart and create something new. And obviously, you know, we've got a system that isn't quite working. So let's just take it apart, you know, brick by brick and rebuild it in a way that makes what we want more easily and uh, readily available. So you know, if, if you'd like more information about that, please do get a hold of me and I look forward to chatting with you. And thank you so much, Brianna, for your time, your energy, your wisdom and knowledge. Thank you, Ari. It was a pleasure being here with you and really excited to partner with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate all you do to create a new tomorrow for yourself and those around you. 
If you'd like to take this information further and are interested in joining a community of like-minded people who are all passionate about activating their vision for a better world, go to the website, createanewtomorrow.com and find out how you can be part of making a bigger difference. I have a gift for you just for checking it out and look forward to seeing you take the leap and joining our private paid mastermind community. Until then, see you on the next episode.